0: One of the, one of these dreams really was just um, striking my heart in a powerful way this afternoon when I was first uh, when I was first working through it, and so I think we can do an abbreviated version. Can you guys help me restrain? Okay, so let's if we stay focused, we can work through through an abbreviated version of it, and just get the the overall concept of the dream, and then uh, I. I'd like to have at least maybe 10 minutes at the end to be able to respond to the Lord in prayer uh, to what he's saying to us tonight. So, Hannah, do you have your, a copy of her dream? Can we get the here, let me get this to you? Okay, we're going to have, have Hannah just go ahead and, and read her dream.
1: First of all, I apologize because when I was going over it with Tim, I realized there's some things that I was seeing in my head as I typed it out that I forgot to include. But I'll just read it as I wrote it. So in my dream, Bethany Church was no longer in this building, but they were in um, a large house in a quiet neighborhood. Nothing about it stood out. Um, Nothing was unique, but a community of Bethany believers were living on the inside of the house. I didn't recognize anybody in the whole group except Matt Hedrick, who was still the leader. I was doing some kind of ministry work in the church in the house, and a man came with his family to join us. He had written a book about how to go to the third heaven, and Matt Hedrick was very opposed to him being there. Suddenly, someone told me that there was a demon-possessed man yelling outside on this little hill next to the house. They told me to go take care of the man, and I said, okay. I went out there and asked him who he was. He said that he was a demon. This happened three times, the question and the answer. I was a little taken back because I didn't expect to get that far so easily and didn't know what to do next. Someone came up behind me, I never saw who they were, and began taking care of the situation. And I didn't have to worry about it anymore or say anything. So I started praying in tongues quietly. And as I did, the demon possessed man did the same exact thing. He wasn't copying me word for word, but what he was saying sounded just like my tongue. And then he said, as if in agony, Oh God, make me a city on a hill. Oh God, make me a city on a hill. I felt like he was saying that he wanted to be seen, he wanted to be a light. Suddenly, I wasn't in front of him anymore, but sort of off to the side. I saw that a lot of people from the house were on the porch watching. The demon-possessed man took off running and snatched up a little girl who was watching. The little girl was Anastasia, my roommate's niece. He took the little girl and tried to roll her away, actually like roll her away on the ground. And I ran and threw myself over Anastasia and told the man to go away in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The man looked at me for a moment and then walked off, and I woke up.
0: Okay, this one was, uh, we were kind of working through this earlier, <clears throat> and it was really cool as we started unpacking it, just what it seemed the Lord was, starting to, was trying to say to us. So, Holy Spirit, we just confess our dependence on you. We have no understanding unless you open our eyes. We need you to come and lead us and quicken To Hannah's heart and to our hearts, what it is that you're wanting to say to us through this dream in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Hannah, the main emotions of your dream, how would you describe them?
1: Well, um, confusion and fear sometimes, but then peace when the person came up behind me. Okay. And. um,
0: So there's a transition... Yeah. Confusion of fear to peace.
1: And then a sense of kind of urgency of, of needing to act when um, okay. he took off running.
0: Good. Okay. Bethany Church. Now, because we're doing a shortened version, um, I'm gonna give some of the just some of the notes from when when she and I talked earlier. But then we'll kind of flesh some, flesh some of the key symbols out. But when we were, as we were talking from Beth, about Bethany Church, uh, one of the things, some of the things you said were, you know, you think, I don't know, how many of you were here last, uh, early last year when, when Matt came out and said, we're day of the Lord church with a day of the Lord message? Who was here for that? Okay. And so uh, just to, you know, when you think of Bethany Church, um, what are some of the things you usually think about? Day of the Lord church. Day of the Lord Church. Okay. Because I believe Bethany Church is symbolizing, not just this one particular church, but the Lord is thinking more broadly than just Bethany Church. But um, some of the other things that uh, that you were come to your mind when you think of Bethany Church, Day of the Lord Church.
1: Yeah, Day of the Lord Church uh, community. Community. Um, A church who walks in the Spirit. Spirit led.
0: Spear led. I know um, Bethany Church, relative to a lot of other churches, has a grid for the end times. You know, um,
1: and for prophecy,
0: end times, also, prophecy, of. prayer. By the way, just encourage you, if you, uh, those of you who have time, to come to the the prayer sanctuary. Uh, when is it, Richie? Six to uh, ten? Six to, six to ten every morning. Okay. Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday night. The prayer sanctuary is open. Um, and so they're no longer in a church building. So a no longer means that there was a once was, right? <laughs> once were. <laughs> No longer in a church building so what's happened what's happened here transition keyword transition from what to what building yep
1: public home. public to more hidden also. what's that more public to more hidden
0: get okay, good public now we know that the whole earth um, that believers throughout the whole earth are going to go through persecution at the end of the age you think this could be strategic you think it's already strategic in persecuted countries mm-hmm. yeah it already is and so good okay do you think there's a connection between the lord highlighting a day of the lord church You know, vision for end times, prophecy, prayer, and this transition? Definitely, because the kinds of stuff that's going to be happening here are going to require that, okay? And so, uh, no longer in a church building, but was in a large house in a quiet neighborhood, okay? So it's a quiet neighborhood. Neighborhood. And some of the, the thoughts you gave earlier were, uh, uh, qu- it was quiet, it was hidden, it was set back, and it wasn't on a main street.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't on a main street where there was a lot of activity, and it wasn't somewhere where it got attention.
0: Okay, so it didn't attract a lot of attention, okay? Uh,
1: it wasn't on a main street. Mm-mm.
0: Okay, it didn't attract a lot of attention. Okay, so it's kind of hidden. Okay, and uh, in a quiet neighborhood, nothing about it stood out. So same kind of thing, hidden, not a lot of not a lot of attention. But a community of Bethany members was living inside the house. So you've got community. With the day of the Lord paradigm, day of Lord paradigm, living in a house. You think that's easy to have a lot of people living in a big house? I, I could, you know, I, Henry, raise your hand. We, at the, about three months ago, the Lord told uh, my family and the Brunos and a single lady named Nance, we're all living in the same house. And man, it is the it is, it is, it is awesome. But it's not easy, for real. I mean, it is awesome. I mean, I, I I just love the way the Lord is knitting our hearts together as a house. But it doesn't. But you know, it's it's that whole pressure thing. You come out through, through pressure together, closer together. And uh, what do you think? Some of the the when the Lord puts a lot of people that have a common vision for Him and you know the cross and these kinds of things in close proximity to each other, what do you think he's going after? Oh, there you go. (laughs) Sanctification. Now, do you think there's anything, uh, especially in light of the last stream we just read, related to the Lord's agenda for the church through the shakings that are coming and the hard times? So, sanctification, definitely. Not just through the external pressures in terms of shakings and earthquakes and stuff like that or persecution, but just putting people together that love Jesus and they're bound by common commands. <laughs> you can't get out of, you know, you just can't go off and not, you know, just I'm done, you know, but we're really bound to the same Lord with the same destiny and we got to kind of like each other <laughs> and love each other through it. And also, so.
1: uh, we were, when we were talking about it, um it was much larger on the inside than it looked from the outside.
0: Okay, good. So um small out on outside, large on the inside. It's a
1: sanctuary in the sense that it's it's not what you see on the
0: outside, but what's on the inside. Oh, that's good. Which one do you think Jesus is really concerned about? The inside of the dish or the outside of the dish? Which one are we often usually the most concerned about? How things look to everybody else? Yeah, so the applications, you know, the Holy Spirit will show us how to apply these different things, you know. But it's definitely a shift in priorities. I mean, it's not, it's, the Lord really wants us to realign with his priorities through these times you know what it doesn't matter if we've got a big ministry big building big platform but I I don't love people <laughs> you see what I'm saying I don't see God I don't actively pursue the first commandment and so just the Lord uh, wanting to shift our priorities so that we're really asking him to clean the inside of the cup and dish instead of just doing a lot of stuff that seemed to be busy activity but aren't necessarily of lasting eternal value in his sight. So uh, I didn't recognize... So you're in the house. You didn't recognize anyone except Matt Hedrick. And as we were talking, it sounded like Matt was, was representing the Lord functioning in some of the giftings that most of us know Matt represents. Yeah. So visionary, mm-hmm. leadership, that kind of thing. Yeah. Was, is, someone,
1: was, someone whose leadership is very respected, someone who... Um, in the dream like he wasn't a dictator but he definitely like was in control like people listened to his what he said
0: okay leadership um resp- um okay okay authority There's continuity, but a shift in form. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Same church, different look, different flow, different form.
1: And I forgot to mention this earlier, but in my dream, the fact that Matt was still the leader kind of like brought a reassurance to me. Like, like uh, yeah, like I felt safer knowing that someone I trusted was still in control.
0: I have a question. If you're in the middle of this and this it's do you think it's comforting to know that Jesus is still the Lord of the Church if he's taking you from uh where is it from the uh uh from the church building to a different expression of church in light of the day of the Lord that's coming, yeah, it's comforting, isn't it that okay Jesus, you know we're doing things differently, you know. This feels really weird to me. This feels intense. But you're still at the, you're still at the helm and you're giving leadership. We, we trust your authority. We respect you. We trust your vision for the church. You know, it's the, we're still your church, even though it looks different. And you're reassuring us of, through your presence with us. So uh, let's keep going here. So you were doing some kind of ministry work in the church. And, uh, so when you think of ministry work, you know, ministry, it's usually some kind of assignment or task that the Lord entrusts you in context to the body. So, uh, I'll just say assignment task. We won't flesh that out too much at this point. And the, the, say a little bit about what you were doing.
1: Um, what I was doing was with a couple other people. We were making protest signs, and I don't remember what we were writing on them, but they were white with big black letters, like it, it was a bold sign. And I was a little bit like, I was while I was making them, like I knew that they needed to be made and it was important, but I was kind of wondering how we were going to use them. I just knew that they were protest signs that we were making.
0: What are protest signs for? <laughs> okay protesting what's protesting what's that demanding change is it always demanding change or is it sometimes resisting change demanding or resisting can you protest either way okay Okay, now in this kind of context, can you envision anybody demanding change? Can you envision people resisting change? Can you envision a whole spectrum? Yeah, you can picture all kinds of things where, you know, who knows what what that could possibly mean. But we'll just leave it there for now. Okay, and so then a man came in with his family to join us. And he had a wife and two daughters. Is that right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, wife and two daughters. And he had written a book. Okay, so when somebody writes a book, what's usually, what, what's the perception at least? That they, okay, so they have some kind of, yep, that's right, or at least they're, okay. Now, is it always actual, or, not maybe not, right? I mean, maybe they don't, you know, maybe they just think they do, or maybe, I don't know, but, um that's you know so when you read somebody writes a book there's the perception that they have knowledge or insight on the topic okay other thoughts creative okay
1: Um, it was negative the book itself was widely accepted in what the world saw as the church but it wasn't a positive feeling about the book
0: and what okay so what do books do when you read a book what are you taking into your head Information, okay, information, what else, ideas, okay, opinions, do you think that some people have, you know, some books, uh, based on the kind of information, ideas that you're letting into your head, they have great potential to grow you in Christ likeness, don't they, Others, um, not. (laughs) Okay, and so, so there's somebody's written a book, and a book has i it has it's got information, it's got ideas in it, it's got opinions and emotions, and depending on you know how you're relating to the book, you know how are you letting it influence you, or are you you know what I'm saying? There's all those those dynamics that come in with a book, and so. um, That's, I think that's okay for, for now on that one. And, and the book was about how to go to the third heaven.
1: That was actually the title of it, was how to go to the third heaven. Okay,
0: that's the title of it. And so it's a how-to book. Okay? You know, one, two, three, go to the third heaven. No. <laughs> it's a, uh, I think we'd all be there if we could just pull that one off, huh? Um, how to any any examples of people who visited the third heaven in the scriptures paul yeah and so um, but so but in this situation you had a real it was a negative kind of thing right
1: yeah um like it was it was drawing attention to experience instead of to god okay clashes
0: to it. And it almost, you know, when I think of Paul, I don't, he had no control <laughs> over that situation. You know, it wasn't like, you know, just going to manipulate the forces a little bit and, you know, whatever. So it's kind of got a sense of uh, manipulating God. You know what I'm saying? Um, There you go, and so I think that the 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 highlight marker should be on just the how-to because it's in the how that you you can have you know if you've got an apostle Paul, God takes him to the third heaven, you know something like that as part of his calling and his ministry or whatever for whatever purpose, and then you have people that are trying to. Manipulate God somehow, and it, these different kinds of things. There's a different spirit behind it, but um, I think that's it's significant. That it's a it's a how-to book. Any other thoughts on that? Kind of a witchcraft type of thing. Okay. So witchcraft. So what what does witchcraft do? I'm sorry. Go, you go ahead and there, there, there was a connection yeah. okay witchcraft is usually a lot about appeasement of mm-hmm. manipulation things like that isn't it okay <clears throat> And there's demons involved, usually, no, always. (laughs) There's demons involved, and the next part of the dream has to do with demons, or a demon-possessed guy. So, so Matt was very opposed to him being there, okay. And so, if we're if we're saying that Matt is the Lord, then the Lord's just saying that, you know, there's something about what's happening that he is not wanting the information and the ideas to impact the mind of of this fellowship in context to the, the,
1: uh, yeah, he, the transition. Yeah, he confronted him at the door, and he made it very clear that he didn't agree with anything, but he did let him into the house. He made it very clear to everybody, very loudly, very bu- publicly, that he didn't agree with this man, but he did let him in.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: It was, there was a, there was a trust in what he was doing, like, I was confused by the fact that he let them in, but there was, like, I trusted Matt, I trusted what Matt, that Matt would, you know, like, that he let him in. Okay. No, the, the man on the hill and the guy who wrote the book were separate. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Gotcha. Right. The connection between Babylon and the Antichrist.
1: Yeah, that that mm-hmm. fits That's the dream.
0: Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh and so we also have uh someone Okay, here we go. They told me to Suddenly, someone told me that there was a demon-possessed man yelling outside. And the demon-possessed man, he was outside yelling. Make, he was making noise and drawing attention to himself, mm-hmm. making a spectacle of himself. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and it was on this little hill next to the house.
1: Mm-hmm. It was very little. It was maybe like 10 feet tall. It wasn't big, but he was on it.
0: Okay. And they told me to go take care of the man. And so what did they mean by that?
1: They meant, like, get him to stop, get him to go away, like, remo- like, get him to shut up, get him to stop making a scene, Okay. get him away from the church.
0: Okay. And so is it good to get, you know, I guess we want to cast demons out of people so that they're free, but, you know, you don't want, same time, you don't, you know, you want to, you don't want a bunch of demons messing with your church either, you know, so there's kind of an urgency, you know, deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I think there was, um, I think that, oh yeah, that's maybe, good. yeah, there was like an awareness that he could bring attention to the church. And so he needed to be quieted. Um, yeah, to keep the church safe, he needed to be quieted.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So trying to bring attention to the church where the Lord wants it to stay hidden. Did any examples of in the in the New Testament of demons trying to draw attention to Jesus when he wants them to shut up? Interesting, isn't it? It wasn't it wasn't um, he didn't want them to disclose that information um, out of the appropriate time. So uh, he just told them to shut up and they didn't have much choice about it, did they? so you started uh so this happened three times or okay here we go you went out there and you asked him who he was and he basically said that he was a demon (laughs) so he's not trying to hide it i am a demon
1: yeah he right i was like who are you i'm a demon okay off the bat
0: okay so he he acknowledges he's a demon and this happened three times where he, and he asked you three times, and you responded three times. Or
1: I asked him, and he responded, yeah. Oh, you
0: asked him, okay. You asked him, and then he responded. And then you were a little taken aback because you didn't expect to get that far so easily. You, did, you didn't know what to do next.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't expecting him to say he was a demon. I was expecting him to, have to like, draw it out or something. I, I, it and just you, was going faster than I had realized it was. Okay,
0: would. and you didn't know what to do next, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So if you're in a situation, you're facing a demon, and you don't know what to do next, how would you feel? got a couple scared a little intimidated maybe like what okay what's next you know okay but but thankfully you weren't alone because suddenly someone that you never saw who it was anybody have anybody that's with them all the time that you just you don't see them with your eye but they're kind of with you okay you never saw who it was and he began taking care of the situation. And didn't have to worry about it or say anything. Anybody got any guesses? The Holy Spirit. There we go. So I started praying in tongues quietly. So he just kind of puts it on your heart. Start praying in tongues. Pray in me. <laughs> Pray in the Spirit. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, that's got kind of, to, you know. I am the Spirit. I, I'm taking care of the situation now. Just, you know. Uh, so praying in the Spirit. As soon as I did, the demon-possessed man did the same thing. So he starts trying to mimic, and oh, yeah. is he kind of, is he mocking, or mim- what's going um, on
1: there? I didn't get the sense that it was mocking, but it kind of, like, kind of, I was taken back because it sounded just like my language. Like, it wasn't word for word, but it sounded just, it was like we were both speaking English kind of thing. Okay. Except it was in the spirit.
0: Okay, okay. <clears throat> and he wasn't copying you word for word, but what he was saying sounded just like your When you're praying in tongues, okay? Then he said, as if in agony. And so, what does that mean?
1: Well, it was like um, it was like it was coming from the depths of his heart, like, "Oh God!" Like, um, yeah, like agony or like deep desire, I guess. Okay.
0: And he's saying, "Make me a city on a hill. Make me a city on a hill." And you were telling me earlier that you that this was kind of in the sense of a city on the hill in the sense of big, flashy, showy, mm-hmm. loud, in yeah. the sense of something proud. And it was in very stark and...
1: contrast to the fact that Bethany was kind of hidden and put away. Okay. And he wanted to be loud, and he wanted his name to be known, and he wanted to be out there with lots of lights and attention. And...
0: Interesting. Interesting. So kind of the opposite of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, if we're looking at, was God's desire for the church at that time, and he wanted the opposite.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to comment, but... um, Just the Lord's priorities in the situation. Small, hidden, sincere love. And this guy who um, seems like he has a sincere desire, but what's his desire? I want something flashy and big and loud and all the attention. I want the lights to be on me, you know. Big reputation, I want to be known. What does that make you think? We, we were talking about Babylon earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any connection between the witchcraft and the expression of the witchcraft in let's build a name for ourselves? Okay, yes, Bryce.
1: Yeah.
0: Using biblical language to communicate a non-biblical idea. You think that ever happens? You think that ever happens? It happens all the time, and it does bring confusion. And actually, the mind blowers at the end of this dream, when we looked up uh, the name, the name of a, uh, the meaning of a certain name, at the end, it's a mind blower. But this idea of taking biblical words and giving them unbiblical ideas. Uh, we really need to, you know, just have discernment, ask the Holy Spirit to help us sift the wheat from the chaff. You know, um, in, in Latin America, you've got a lot of Christianese, but a lot of the, the worldview issues were never addressed because it was a lot of forced conversion, and so you have Mary, but but really they're still worshiping pagan deities, but they've just changed the names, so it's called Christopaganism, and... uh one of the things we're really big on at the Daniel Institute is dealing with Christoplatonism. And that's just saying that a lot, of If, if we're, we can't unpack that whole thing tonight, but it's the idea that a lot of times we use Christian words, but we have a Platonic worldview rather than a Hebrew worldview, a biblical worldview. And so we reinterpret, there's been a lot of reinterpreting of biblical ideas uh, in different groups in history, like uh, such as... I'm not going to get into it. Such as the resurrection is what I mean, which we're going to talk about here at the end of the stream. All right. I have a lot of passion on some of these topics, so I have to restrain. You guys, you you are my accountability tonight, right? (laughs) You know. Okay. So suddenly I wasn't in front of him anymore, but sort of off to the side. And so there's a shift. You said you could see everything. And you're able to see a full picture, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're transitioning, and you're able to see the full view of a situation.
1: Yeah, it was like I was moved back, and and before my back was to the house, but now I could see the house, and I could see the man, and I had like a sweeping view of everything that was going on.
0: Okay. Now, isn't there insight you can get when you're in the middle of a situation? But then there's other insight you can get when you're looking at it as a whole, right? You're seeing the big picture of what's happening. So there's a shift in view. A lot of the people from the house were on the porch watching, and you had this. They're from the, the little house church, and you had the sense that they were supporting you.
1: Yeah, there was a sense of support coming from them.
0: Okay, so there's a sense of support, and the demon possessed guy took off running, and he where where was he running to?
1: Towards the porch. Towards, towards the, the porch, mm-hmm. and with you said with malicious sent, intent.
0: With malicious intent. So you knew in the dream that he's going towards this house yeah. with harmful intent and some with. Yeah. Not good thoughts. I,
1: I actually knew immediately that he was going specifically for Anastasia. Like, I knew it was malicious and he was going for the house. And, like, it wasn't it wasn't before he took off running, but right as he took off running, like, I was like, he's going for Anastasia. Okay. And then I took off running. So
0: you knew in the dream that he was going for a child named Anastasia
1: mm-hmm.
0: with malicious intent. Yeah. Okay. This is intense. <laughs> Okay, so so the demon possessed guy is going after something very strategic. The little girl is Anastasia. And when you think of children, what do you think of innocence? Okay, simplicity of faith. Okay, unless you become like little children, you what? Right. So we we, we want that simplicity of faith in in the gospel. And um, the the uh, do you know what the word, the name Anastasia means? Resurrection. Okay, and so I just want to say that one of the most, uh, oh, Richie, help me restrain. Okay, I just gotta let it out. Okay, what of <laughs> the resurrection of the flesh, the body. We are going to get new bodies. It's not a spiritualized resurrection. The, the hope, hear me clearly. I'm just going to state it, stay it. I don't have time to go into the thousands of Bible verses that talk about this. But the resurrection, our hope as believers in Jesus Christ is not the disembodiment of the soul going to a heavenly destiny to float on a cloud. Okay? That is Gnosticism. Okay, so if you've ever been in a situation where you hear people saying, I'll fly away, oh, glory, I'll fly away in the morning. I hate that song. I'm serious. I hate that song, not because I just think it's a bad song, but because of this. Okay, it takes ideas and puts biblical language and puts Greek Gnostic ideas with it and god is not faithful to his creation by annihilating it i am not faithful to my wife by annihilating my wife see? see you see the 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 incoherence i am faithful god is faithful to his creation by restoring and fixing his creation okay and the resurrection is the resurrection of the flesh and if you want if the, in the first three centuries of the church, if you, if you preach any doctrine about the resurrection, that was not the resurrection of your actual body in a resurrected, glorified state that you'll never die. God conquers death by overcoming it and giving you life. And the way you die is your body dies. And so the way he overcomes the dead bodies by giving you a new body. Okay? And so I say that because our our hope is not The disembodiment of the soul through death. That is a Greek idea. That is Socrates. That is Plato. God hates death. He hates. Who who hates death in this room? Okay. Okay. So I just want to say that. But I tell you what. The devil has put in more time and energy on attacking the doctrine of the resurrection of the body. Jesus made it a point. Fill my hands. Fill my side. I am not a ghost. Okay? I have a lot of light coming out of me. I know it's hard for you to handle it. But I'm a resurrected body. I have a body. I have flesh. I eat. He ate fish. He ate honey. Okay? He is the first fruits of the resurrection. Okay? And and so I just want to I want to make that there's a lot of confusion of what the gospel actually is. The gospel is Jesus rose again as the first fruits of the resurrection when God will come to purge death from the creation forever, and we'll actually have resurrected bodies. But I tell you what, especially the transition from the 2nd to the 3rd century, there was, a, there was major, major attempts to reinterpret biblical language with non-biblical ideas. Okay, We don't have time to go into all of the details of that, but we have lots and lots of teaching on our website verse after verse after verse after verse that works through this, okay? And so I want to say this is not a light issue, that Satan has real assignments to attack the childlike faith in the resurrection of the flesh. And it is heresy, it is a doctrine of demons, and God hates it. He hates that doctrine. Okay? Yes, Richie? (laughs) yeah Yeah, we have biblical theology seminar Uh, john harrigan teaches that and if you if you like that he's got a full class that works through that now the question is you know what so what happens when you die right well it's it your spirit your spirit actually does go into the heavens to be with jesus during that time but that The apostles never confused that with our hope, okay? Their hope wasn't to be a disembodied spirit. (laughs) Their hope was, okay, you know what? I'm glad that I get to hang out with Jesus during the interim, but my hope is when my spirit is reunited with a body that will never die, okay? 2 Corinthians 5. I don't long to be unclothed. I want to be clothed with immortality. I want to be clothed with a body that doesn't die because... That's what salvation means. Adam and Eve in the garden, they were allowed to eat a piece of fruit from a tree from the tree of life. They ate it and their bodies regenerated because God hates death and wanted to be with them forever. They disobeyed. They weren't allowed to eat that fruit anymore because if their bodies keep regenerating in a sinful state, what does that mean is what does that mean? What is perpetually regenerated on the earth forever? Sin Who likes the idea of a world perpetually reproducing sin forever with no end to it? That's horrible, okay? And so salvation, 1 Thessalonians 4, he comes back. He raises from the dead. And you read Revelation 2 and 3. And what's one of the rewards for those who overcome? To him who overcomes, I'll give the right to eat from what? The tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So we're actually going to eat fruit again. And we're going to eat, and it's going to regenerate our bodies again, okay? And we're going to live, if you ever, if, you, if any of you think that this planet is not going to be here anymore, get that idea out of your heads, okay? God is going to restore this planet, okay? It's part, the, it's, he's going to restore the heavens and restore the earth. Okay, enough, all right? This is, this is... Yeah, there's some, the, the early church was very intense on this issue because that, that the world that they, were, that they were sent out into, they hated the human body, okay? I'm Just honestly, that's the, the whole Greek mindset that the reason we have problems in the created order is because the physical universe is bad. So you want to get away from it because it's an unclean thing. But what do you see in Genesis 1? God created everything and called it nasty? No, good. All right. Sorry, (laughs) Hedda. Oh Lord Jesus help me. So the little girl is Anastasia, means resurrection, and and uh, he took the little girl, tried to roll her away from the house. Yeah. Now do you think that it's important to have hope? in the day when Jesus is going to come back to end the mess that's causing you to go into this transition in the first place? Do you think you need that anchor to pull you through the difficulties? You know what? You can kill my body. You can kill my mother and my sister, but you're going to see me again? Because <laughs> I'm going to have a new body? I mean, it's, it's, yes. Are you getting saved? Yes, I see that hand, brother. I see that hand. I see that hand. <laughs> when the uh-huh right yeah even from the very beginning the he's the stone yeah that's interesting that's interesting yes sir Oh wow. That's interesting. Wow. I tell you what, clarity of our hope is what's going to give us perseverance through what's coming. We have to have clarity of our hope, and through the mart, through the coming martyrdom. And um, I had a ugh, stop. I was gonna. Uh, all right, I have another friend. I have another friend who had a dream, and in the dream, he was being he had a gun to his head. OK, and in the dream, they put a gun to his head and he was fearless and he said, I believe in the resurrection and they shot him. OK, and he but that's the thing was that like it is that the clarity of our hope is what's going to anchor us through the storms that are coming. So he took the girl, tried to roll her away and he he ran and threw himself. Oh, you I, ran I, and I you threw know. yourself over Anastasia. You threw yourself like a covering over Anastasia. That's
1: my body was covering her body.
0: Okay, so you're yeah. willing to, to throw yourself down over the issue of the resurrection. I don't know however you, however you want to put that, but... And you said, go away in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the man looked at you for a oh, moment. Oh, well, and... actually,
1: this sounds important now, but um, something I learned through, my, through teachings of spiritual warfare is to actually say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came in the flesh. And so that was actually the full phrase of what I said oh, in really? the dream. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. really? In the name of... Jesus Nazareth, who came in the, in the flesh. flesh. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe. Oh, we gotta, we've got to make sure that it's on the, in the name. Who came in the flesh. Who came in the flesh, yeah. Because he loves human bodies and wants to fix human bodies. Oh, my goodness. I love it. All right. Okay. Let's pray. <laughs> so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that we're never going to die, that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And Father, that you are speaking to us through the Holy Spirit about just attempts of the enemy to steal away the core essence of our hope. And we say, no, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came in the flesh, who came in the body, Lord, we love you. We love you. And we ask you to prepare us, God. We ask you to prepare us and anchor us in our hope, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we cry out, God. We cry out, Lord Jesus, for for grace. Prepare us. Let us know you, God. Let us know you. Let us know you, Jesus. Let us make the preparations that are necessary. Preparations of the heart, preparation of church structures, the transition, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask you for grace, grace to fully submit to your leadership, Holy Spirit. And we want to contend for the fullness of the faith that was passed down to us by the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul. Oh God, we cry out in the name of Jesus. God, preserve your church in the days that are coming with sound teaching, sound doctrine, sound practice. God, I pray that we will not be seduced by the glitz and the glamour of the things that this world offers. The bigger buildings, the bigger ministry and the status and this and that and this and that and this and that, God. I pray that we will have our eyes fixed on Christ crucified. The crucifixion of everything that is not in full agreement with the age to come. God, I ask you in Jesus' name to sustain us as a church sustain us as a church oh holy spirit we respond to your voice tonight we respond to your leadership we respond to your voice in jesus name amen